Six Pack Double Feature presents Pick Six, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love. Plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. No, crap. I get, I get it. I want to kind of get there, but yeah. I'm not there yet. Yeah. So. Well, we're here. I've run and two I did, games. I did switch. We are... Uh... <laughs> Nathan... Uh, uh, Nathan and I play uh, an online. I guess you call it online. Well, it is it's version of Dungeons and Dragons Teams or Zoom or whatever. Yeah, uh, and then just Nathan, because we don't want to drive anywhere and Travis, well, the dungeon master, the, the dungeon master lives in South Carolina. Yeah, so well that and, especially and your nephew Greg, who listens and plays, uh, yeah. lives in Chattanooga. So, uh, and then on uh, another night, Nathan has his own game, and that's. Where you have to run two characters. That's fun, though. Yeah, if you guys I, like, I've noticed you've enjoyed it. If you guys uh, enjoy Dungeons & Dragons, I, I highly recommend using D&D Beyond. It's very fun. Yeah. I'm not going to put a nerd alert in here because we did it a couple weeks ago. But <laughs> third, we, will now, we will now leave the nerdery and talk about... Well, now back movies. to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Welcome to Pick 6, gang. I am Travis. I'm Nathan. <laughs> To, oh no! I tried to throw you off. No, get this. <laughs> Work. Uh, someone misunderstood my name, even though they had my name as the contact when I was creating a ticket for something for uh-huh. work. And when he sent me emails, his hi Nason, N A S O N. Wow. He was also located in India, so I think he, there may have been a communication barrier, bit of a language barrier. What happens? Yeah. So you call me Nason. Yeah. How many so, times? Quite a few. Fun. And it's, it's fun. in the email, even though I've responded and he replies back with Nason. It's Fucking great. name's Nathan, man. Yeah, get it right. Today, I, you could almost say that what you just described is a trope. Uh, an Indian person. Or foreigner of some kind. Doing tech service. Oh, uh, yeah, that would kind of... Well, it's, it's an offensive trope. It's also accurate, depending on sure, what a lot of calls you have to do. Yeah. But it could be. Today, we are doing pick six tropes. Yeah. I was excited about this one until I sat down to do it, and I went, fuck, this is hard for me. What was the email or the text I sent you? This was the fastest pick six I have ever written. You're like, uh. <laughs> I could. Man, I was either uninspired. Like, not for me. <laughs> I, I'm still not. I have down here. It's, I have it going to list it. It's either going to be film or TV tropes. Okay, good because I I kind of I had to augment my one list. one of my tropes. I was watching a TV show when I'm like, oh, that one. That's one of them. And okay. I think it's my number six. But um, a trope or it's also a cliche. Sure. And a cliche sure. is an expression in any artistic work that has been overused to the point of losing all meaning. A car failing to start while a killer is hot on the protagonist's tail may have once worked as an effective way to build suspense. Now but they it, use it in those Geico commercials. Yeah, because so, it, it, it's a trope. It winks at itself. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm cautiously excited about my list. Um, I'm excited about my list. This will probably be a fast one. I have one clip to explain my number one. What's but your number six? My number six is the television delivers exposition. <laughs> Joe Dante. Well, no. He's really not. Joe Dante uses that. Does it? He does it right. He does it in a creative way. He uses the TV as a character as a transition. He Correct. doesn't really use it as exposition. No. I was wrong. Um, when the main character comes into the room and tells everyone to be quiet and turns on the TV, which has conveniently has a new cat, a newscast explaining exactly what's going on. Yeah, 
that's well used and really well worn in certain times. Like I, think I, I don't know other way I know you to explain it. I Guys, think, check it out. We I, I could have put I guess now now that we're in this, I think we can maybe try to list cite a good example of it. Um I think a good example of that working was in the original Night of the Living Dead when the radio was oh no it was the TV. It was TV, TV or radio. radio. I think it was either one, but they had the newscaster that's appropriate because it that's was 1968. Sure, but that and that film had nothing like that had been done before. No. So they and I, but I think that's a good use of it. That is a good use, and I'm struggling to think of a bad use of it. But it's used a lot, a lot. in television. Yeah, you don't think about it because sometimes it's used so much. It's it, it's just part of. It's the just DNA a narrative of, of yeah. narrative of television. Sometimes is to use the television as a way to explain the story that's going on. How convenient is it that you run across wherever it is, that you get to your friend's house, turn on the television that conveniently is on the news channel that is explaining the current event that has just happened? A fun send-up of it is in Arrested Development. Uh, when, oh, what is his name? He's in all the Christopher Guest movies. He always oh, He's in the new Saved by the Bell. He plays the principal. Cannot think of Higgins. Last name is Higgins. He played Magnum PI's landlord. No, he's playing uh, uh, like a U.S. attorney or whatever, and he they they go to do that. And okay. the rest of development, if you if you don't know, is very self aware that it's a TV show, and they go to do one of those, and he and instead of being a newscast, it's at a commercial, and he goes, "It's probably right after this series of ads," and then they just stand <laughs> and they everybody in the scene watches TV for like. For like three minutes till it that's, comes back. That's then, good. That's then, a good play on the joke of then it's the news, convenient. Then the newscast comes on and does, says the thing, and he goes, "See, I told you." And if it happened right when I said it, it would have been more effective. It's, oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, I can't remember the character's name. last name is Higgins. Is it Higgins? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the one that has the dog with the busy bee. In um, nope, it's another guy. He's one of the gay guys in um, Best in Show. He's the one that's not my, Michael McKean. Oh, you're right. Anyway, different character. Anyway, all right. The TV using giving exposition. The, correct. That's a that's a good. Are you saying that's a bad trope? Uh, most of mine are just overused. Overused. Well, mine is there definitely. Are, yeah, there are ways that it can be used well, but I believe even the first Rocky movie employed the training montage. But all other Rocky movies, fucking, especially five, isn't part they five? They all have training. Isn't montages. isn't Rocky five just a training montage? Like a no, music video? four is four. Like, okay, four is a montage movie. It's really any sports movie has. Baseball movies kind of rely on it because it, it shows the passage of time. Right. Like you can show like, oh, it's been a long, grueling. They're progressing like, and they're getting yeah, better. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to say it's bad. It's just miss me with the training montage. Right. Like, I mean, how, how else are you going to show that a team has gotten better? They heap, It's almost like they perfected it and then they... At the same it. time, destroyed it. <laughs> you know, I brought this. I brought this trope into the world, oh, and I'm gonna ride its flaming corpse into hell. Correct. <laughs> Training montage almost works like that fall and hit your knee joke that Family Guy does, where it's funny for a few seconds, and then it's fucking annoying, and then another few minutes later, it's funny again. It kind of comes back full circle because. <sighs> If you start taking the piss out of the training montage and spoofing it, yeah. it actually kind of works. Yeah, it, 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 that's it, it's it's a funny one. Yeah, usually, usually, like I said, it's in a sports movie or in like um, I wouldn't call Karate Kid a sports movie, but it's towards the end. Yeah, the montage, especially the oh, there's a couple of montages. I always think of the final getting to the championship as part of them. There's the biggest mm-hmm. montage, but there are several montages of him with Mr. Miyagi On in the, the training. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, the this the overall like training or like sport happening montage. That's my number six. Well, my number five uses this specific montage, not montage, this specific trope in Rocky Four. Okay. Chopping firewood in a remote at a remote cabin, usually in the winter. Now, while that may be very practical that you have to chop your firewood, uh-huh. it just seems like we've all seen this way too many times. Someone has to get away. Away from everything that's going on. Maybe they've even been there for a while and it's now winter and then they're out there chopping wood. They do it in Star Trek Generations. Yeah. Kirk is chopping Rocky wood. does it when he's working out. It's probably in one of the montages. I think it's part of his workout. <laughs> I've never seen yeah. anything past the first Rocky. Yeah, it is. So your your pick your, my, your my, number five is my number five is chopping wood in a rem- at a remote cabin, usually in the winter. Is he by and, himself? Because usually so I would take that montage and I would add a little bit extra to it instead of – It's I, more believable if they don't chop it in one piece because that doesn't always happen. No. Especially uh, those that are not well experienced with chopping wood. I would take the chopping wood and I would tweak it and I would say it's when two characters have a conflict. And like, Paul, I just don't know why you won't talk to me. Well, Alice, I told you. It's because the like a couple fighting. Or whatever. Yeah. I would I would take it I would change it to that but okay it's used in one of the Avengers movies like kind of in a slow part in the middle yeah where Captain America and Iron Man are talking to each other and they're chopping and he's chopping wood and of course Captain America is a super soldier and so he's taking the wood and <laughs> ripping pieces in that's, half that's funny. <laughs> that's funny see that's a nice I think that's that a was good, a nice play on it I think that's a good use yeah. of it because it's 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 but it was being, used like yeah. that, yeah. Okay, I like that. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be number five. Mine is probably one of the oldest tropes. Bad guy wears black. Started with like old school westerns. westerns. Probably did, did, now would Kurosawa especially the have black done hat thing. Black yeah, black hat versus white hat westerns. Would Kurosawa have done that? Maybe because he watched westerns. So I mean, his samurais were nods to older westerns, typically American westerns. I think. Uh, I can't try, I'm struggling thinking of a modern. Well, I mean, Loki. Fucking Darth Vader. He's all black. Yeah. Until you take it's his hat off. It's a space western. Until you take his hat off, and, and then, then he's you a, see a pale little pasty, testicle head. Pasty Joe white. Rogan. Um, somebody do that deep fake, please. When Luke takes Vader's helmet off so he can look on him with his own eyes, make it Joe Rogan. <laughs> Your name's Gorelli. Have you seen? <laughs> have you seen that? Uh, it's just one of the thousand fucking take piss takes of that. But he, he takes his helmet off and he makes it makes harmonica music. <laughs> it looks like he's got. Oh, because he does have that thing like right out of his mouth. Uh, you, no, you mentioned I'm... you mentioned Return of the Jedi. Um, I think a nice sending it on its head is Luke wearing all black, but being good. Yeah, yeah. But he's also supposed to be in question. Yeah, some characters look cool as fuck. <clears throat> Like Darth Vader, or yeah. uh, I, I don't think uh, Hans Gruber was. I think he had more like a, might have been navy blue. It was a black suit. It was a black suit. Yeah, but it was a suit. It, it's not as it's not as on the nose as like a black hat western villain. But so that's your number five. That's my number five. Bad guy wears black. Uh, my number four. I was watching Rush Hour, not too <laughs> not too long ago. Uh-huh. Still pretty good. Uh-huh. Still holds up pretty well. Uh-huh. Um, the downside was is that. Your protagonist throwing a gun once it runs out of bullets. Like this ain't no good no more? While it's intentionally or initially trying to be funny, 
it's now all too familiar when the protagonist realizes the gun is no longer firing rounds, looks at it with a quizzical face, and then usually throws it. But like at the at the perp or just like, at ah. the perp. <laughs> They did that in the Naked Gun. Yeah, he's having that gunfight with the guy at the meatpacking plant, and then they they both run out of bullets and they start throwing shit at each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was more thinking you were going to say like, "Oh, this is out of ammo. I'm done. I'm grabbing another gun." Well, I was like, I, it does after, I, after I, it runs out of bullets, it's no longer useful. Like, no, you just reload it. Yeah. Well, I did. I decided to go with this one rather than the trope of the guns that never run out of ammunition. <laughs> I, I I appreciate you. Thinking twice on that, not going, not going stereotypical. I, I, I remember my dad pointing that out to me when I was a kid. Like, not necessarily ruining some of the magic of movies. You know, there's a limited amount of rounds that those guns hold. But yeah, I, I remember one it. of the first things my dad pointed at. I think it was in Beverly Hills Cop. Somebody's got a double barrel shotgun. Uh huh. And you know, he's bucking rounds for like eight minutes. And my dad goes, I wonder when he's going to reload that thing. <laughs> what do you mean? He was like, well, it's only got two shots, son. And he shot about 45 times. So, like, oh, that's right. This is make-believe. There's something we were watching where someone fired off. Went to, oh, it was, um, he forgot to cock the shotgun. And he shot mm-hmm. it off several times yeah. in the um, assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. <laughs> it was a cool shot until you realize that's not how shotguns work. You mentioned Rush Hour. And I believe Rush Hour is not necessarily a good use of my number four, but it is a a wink nod at like, yeah, we're doing this. We know we're doing it. And that's the loner cop. Is that the one where the, he, the chief that's holds? More, no, this one is more buddy cop than loner cop. But no, doesn't he? Rush hours with Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah. The, Chris at, Tucker, right. At the beginning, doesn't he? Doesn't his boss haul him in and start yelling at him for like, you destroyed the whole city block again. You did this. Oh, and, yeah. And they still, he destroyed There's still all a it. little bit left. Yeah. Yeah. It takes the I work alone loner cop thing and it's kind of like, wink, wink, we get it. Yeah. We, we know we're doing it. But I hate, oh, I don't hate it. It's it, overplayed, it, overused yeah. now. I don't think it happens so much anymore. It's. It feels like whoever's writing it couldn't come up with a better way to have some type of conflict with their boss, other than he's pissed off because well, you're no. A I mean, cop. The, I'm I'm talking like the I work alone, like dirty, right. dirty Harry. Um, he does it. Like, he literally says it in Lone Wolf McQuaid. He was like, "Oh, chief, I work alone." Yeah. Um. Yeah, because Tucker's character goes, "I don't know. You need no partner. I don't have no partner. I never want no partner." Yep. Yeah. Um. The, so the lone, the lone cop. Yes. Um, the Lone Ranger. Whatever his fucking name is in Speed. Whatever Keanu's character's name whoa. is in Speed. Whoa. I'm Officer Whoa. Uh, and this boat is going at speed. Um, no, he wouldn't be because he's got a partner. Does he? Oh, he gets killed, though. He becomes his a lone partner. Co- gets, yeah, but he's on the bus when that happens, so you can't really use that as an is example. Jeff Daniels, is Jeff Daniels his partner? Yes. Well, fuck you, man. The loner cop, that's my... Uh, the loner cop is well is well played and well used, and so I that think, is a valid trope. I think Your a good... examples... I think a good example of it, a home run even, is, is an actor I don't care too much for, but that's Pacino's role in Heat. He plays... He's more like he a conflicted is, cop. Okay, he's yeah. Not dirty, but he's like... Not a good and the, uh, guy. The, unimpl- un- in- the undertone cocaine habit that he has that they yeah. didn't they, they chose to write out or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So loner cop. That's my number four. My number three is the villain isn't quite dead yet. Oh God, yes. Especially in horror movies, 
says, we're all too familiar with the false relief your heroes your hero has when he or she makes that final killing blow. But don't turn your back because he's about to get up and continue to wreak havoc for maybe another 30 seconds or who knows, maybe five or ten more minutes. It's been overused for years, especially in horror. Happens and in slasher. Die Hard. Yeah, it does. Especially in the 80s, that was used a lot. A lot, yeah. Um, and rarely does the villain just die once. I even like the little nod that they did in Scream where he's like, watch out. It's one more chance. He's going to come up. And he pops up and she shoots him right in the head. She's like, not in my movie. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Give it to Wes Craven for yeah. making the – that's a good use yeah. of the trope. I, um, I always think – I know it's not going to happen, but I always think at the end of Manhunter, after Dollarhide's laying there, I always think he's going to get back up. And that I think that's I think we talked about it when we talked about Manhunter that they they hold on him an extra bump or two, so you're like, is he gonna like no, he's fucking dead. <laughs> you don't bleed that much, and not goddamn die. Yeah, I hate I hate that. Like I love I love it worked for a very short span of time in like the late. 70s to early 80s yeah. and then they just kept doing it with almost every single especially 80s horror 80s horror and that's yeah. I I love 80s horror but that's what I I don't you, like You about get it. tired of the most you're like oh, he's not dead yet. Um he ain't dead yet. That's a good one. Um my number 3 um no one no one is going to love you if you're pretty. So come on ugly girl. Take those glasses off. Let your hair down. Oh, my God. Pretty up. Sandra Bullock has damn near made a fucking career out of it. Yeah, kind of. The ugly the ugly, to pretty. Duckling, the ugly duckling. Yeah. Um, and it I feels say? like it resurfaces about every 15 years. Yeah. Rebel, Rebel Wilson is... It's, it's kind of changed in a modern time. Right. It's not so much ugly to pretty. It's like, no, this is who I am. Fucking deal with it or there's still some like conflict or whatever with it but i do like rebel wilson for that because she's like well she used to be she's like lost a bunch of weight has she yeah, yeah. but she used to be like well i'm a fat girl i get it like i'm fucking but at least she's can be funny you know yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> I, I don't think she's funny but but I, people do yeah. and I, I get that but um <laughs> i wrote here no one's gonna love you until you comb the knots out of your hair and wipe the snot off your glasses <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of your favorite movies, uh, Love Potion Number Nine, <laughs> yeah, does this. This is the one I immediately thought of. Yeah, that's bad. The whole movie's based off of that whole entire it, trope. Yeah. Miscongeniality. Yeah. She does. She's not so much. Congeni- uh, oh no, it is miscongeniality. She's more like tomboy. To yeah, but the fact lady. is, is that she's underneath that veneer is. The hot smoking Sandra Bullock, but sure. she, yeah, I get yeah, yeah. She's all that does it's it. It's kind of the polar opposite. Yeah, she's all that is definitely. They do one it of those. with um, Ty and Clueless. They make her from not ugly, but kind of. They do. They give fuck her is a her makeover. Name? I can't think of her name. Brittany Murphy. Thank you. Uh, I loved her in that. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite is um, Allison in Breakfast Club. It's like, oh yeah, Coleman, that's right. She Coleman that girl's little, Coleman that girl's little makeover. Coleman that girl's hair and putting a fucking sweater on her is going to cover up all yeah, that mental bit, fucking yeah, damage. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's she's perfectly healthy now. She doesn't go yeah. after that wrestler. <laughs> that won't end badly. Yeah, not at all. Um, yeah, the ugly to pretty female transition. That's my number three. <laughs> the male to female transition. Wait, what? 
No, nope, that's a different movie. Um, my number two is Cue the Cat for the G- for the cheap jump scare. That's a good one. Uh, most horror movies do it, but even thrillers and tense dramas like to ha- like to pepper in the additional jump scare. And after uh, our butts are firmly planted back in our seats is when we realize it's the neighbor or the roommate's cat. You know, I think they even did that. In, did they do that in like Terminator? I don't know. Yeah, it's like, it's almost and it's almost always a precursor to it's like a there's someone it's to take the edge off and then you get scared because you yeah. thought you already got the scare. Yeah, it's fun every once in a while, but damn it, you know it's really it's played. They sh- it should be a different animal. Oh, they did it in um um. Sometimes it's other things, but typically it's it's Friday the Thirteenth: A New Beginning. I believe it's that one. It's uh. A dog. Oh, yeah. It's a dog in uh, the original Halloween, too. Remember the German Shepherd? Yes. It's not so much a jump scare, but it's a... Yeah. It's a little bit of a... It's a oh, whoa. Hell. Oh, it's a dog. Oh, God. He just killed the dog. Oh. oh. That's good. Um, my number two is the post-sex mystery sheet. Oh. There's two sheets on a bed, man. There's <laughs> the sheet, that's the, the fitted sheet, and then there's the one that goes under the blankets. And always at the end of a sex scene, there's the post-sex boob cover up with the the mystery sheet that appears. I'm not saying it has to be like, I'm not saying like, oh man, I need to see nudity or or whatever. But it's like, it's not, where did that sheet come from? We live in a very real world, man. When (laughs) you get done having sex, you get up, you go to the bathroom and you come back (laughs) and you put your clothes back on. You don't lounge around. If you're that worried about being covered up, put your fucking clothes back on. I think the other one that kind of goes hand in hand with that one, or penis and vagina, is that you just they roll over and they're just done. There's no cleanup, no nothing. Yeah, no there's like no, there's no no none of no this. wipe down. No. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the magic of Hollywood. Yeah. You don't actually spooge. You. <laughs> you don't make some stupid looking face <laughs> or go like. <laughs> Um, once I would like to see a scene where there's like the post sex, like post sex, like, all right, I'll be right back. <laughs> you know, yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> they come back in with a slice, down of, or, slice yeah. of pizza <laughs> or, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or the post sex. Actually, Bull Durham kind of, we used to do the post sex juice box. Like we would have juice boxes. We're a little thirsty here. Bull Durham kind of <laughs> does a nice little post sex thing when they're in the kitchen. Eating cereal, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's not bad. Yeah, with robes on. See, that's kind of that happens sometimes. Yeah, you end up in the kitchen, little bleary eyed, little like I'm gonna have this pizza. I'm, I'm going little, back to bed. I'm a but this time, I'm going back to bed to sleep. <laughs> um, but no, I'd be like, whoa, don't fucking tear my bed clothes apart just to cover up. Yeah, hop out and fucking put your shit back on. Road. The one that keeps coming to my head is Roadhouse when they get done banging, and then a you you nailed it. Uh, he's got to have the post-sex cigarette. Yeah, out on the sitting out there, all wistful, naked, and having his cig, and then she grabs the sheet and walks over. Like that was tucked in on the bottom for a reason. Yeah, you, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna make that bed when we're done, done right? right? Like fix my shit. I gotta go to work. Yeah. I don't want to come back to my bed not made. Fucking some sort of logical paradox just bugs me. That's my number two. The post-sex boob cover-up. What's your number one? That's you pouring a drink. 
Enhance 224 <laughs> to 176. Okay. So, I wanted to go through here in real time and confirm this. I've listened to this about seven times. Queuing it up, right. You gave me the... Enhance. You, we recorded the clip, and then you left to go grab another beer, and yeah. uh, and I had to... It's real fucking quiet, because it's a noir film. Uh-huh. And I kept going, is that Harrison Ford? Move in. And I was like, what's the trope here? Stop. Is the trope talking to the computer? Right. What, mm, what movie is this? I don't know. He'll tell me. Like, is it The Abyss? And I'm like, nope. It's probably that scene in Blade Runner when he's reviewing the video to see if Sean Young's character is the killer. Is that right? Yeah. Fucking nice. Having never really watched Blade Runner. Really? I tried to watch it one time. That's I, a, hey, what, what I get with... I fucking hated that movie the first time I saw it. That's where I'm at. I love I it now. I, I didn't this hate it. This is one of the few films where I actually had to rewatch. I rewatched. I want to. To the point where I Here's, actually... Two things happened, okay? <laughs> we all know... There's 14 versions of the original. There's at least three or four. There were yes. four on the copy that I had. Yeah, okay. And I asked the guy at work. The fact that you can actually get the theatrical release is amazing You're going to get four different answers if you ask four different people. So I don't know which version to watch. Direct, just a regular director's cut. Like the one that they released in like 97 is fine. Okay. If you watch any of the slightly later versions, uh -huh. they're pretty much the same. I think he went in and altered one digital effect of something that he just really bothered him. Okay. That's I, all. So I wasn't sure which one to watch. And then dude at work. Don't watch the theatrical version. He, That's all he, I asked. Whatever he said. Don't, I think he said that too. He said, watch this It's one. weird. He said, watch this version. So I, I was watching that version. And then I, during the course of <laughs> being home, I thought I got bitten by a spider. I don't know. Something bit me. Cause I was freaking the fuck out that I had like a black, uh, brown, recluse, brown recluse bite. Um, so I wasn't giving it the attention that a movie like Blade Runner deserves. <laughs> okay. Um, and I've, I've currently been back into the which version yeah. do I watch. The technology very is very similar to like Alien. Yeah. So like, what's, your, what's the trope here? The trope is you're, in, you're enhancing a photo. Oh, and it gets – To the point where it's, <laughs> it's so clear, crystal clear. Tack sharp. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Have you ever tried to zoom in on a photo on your phone? Chances oh, like, are the picture gets pretty blurry after a while. And you can't enhance anymore. <laughs> now, yeah, you may have more and more megapixel that you right. have on your on your camera on your phone, but eventually, it's not a clear image anymore. That's good. It, uh, yeah, we yes. ended up more talking about how good Blade Runner is or could yeah, be. Yeah, but sci well, I mean, this one's science fiction, and I let this one slide. Sure, I use this as an example. No, that's good. It's done in TV all the and time. All the time. CSI. Yeah, sci-fi films can sometimes get a pass on this one, but I'm pretty sure that the only way you're going to get a clear image from zooming in on a photo won't easily happen for another couple hundred years. You know, a fun use of this uh, enhancement is in high anxiety. Oh yeah. Have you seen you seen High Anxiety? No, I still haven't watched that. Oh one. man. All right. So it's <laughs> one of these days I'm gonna have a few beers. Lisa's gonna be off somewhere and I'm gonna just put it in and watch it. I'll tell you this gag. It doesn't take anything away from it, but it's it's very much like he's the man that killed that guy. And they're like there's a scene where like another person has and there's a look, there's a picture of him shooting him. And basically what it is it's somebody made to look like Mel Brooks' character. Right. And 
there's in in the picture of the, the lookalike shooting the guy you can in the picture on the front page of the paper mel brooks's character is actually in the elevator in the background looking down and like in horror seeing this guy get shot and the guy in the, in the photo lab he's blowing up the picture i, th- and I keeps, think i've seen that he scene keeps before. blowing it up to the point where it's like billboard size picture, after picture <laughs> of Mel Brooks. that's a that's a good fun use of that is the a good use I- enhance trope um because <laughs> it's just like you can only do it so much you can only copy a copy so many times before it starts calling you steve yeah exactly <laughs> my number one let's attack him but one at a time, please. Oh, fight scenes yeah. that I know they do that. Because Walker, it requires... Texas Ranger did this shit to ad nauseum. <laughs> I know sometimes it requires coordination and skill to coordinate a fight. Absolutely. But sometimes it's just like, really? This, you're just going to stand there and kind of just wait until it's your turn? Like D&D. <laughs> Chuck Norris stars in turn-based <laughs> uh, i remember the first time my dad pointed this out to me it was a saturday night we were watching an episode of walker texas ranger he said something to the effect of you know guys you might be able to kick his ass all together if you fought more than one at a time and i was like what do you mean my dad was like they're fighting him one at a time trav look they all oh. they all want a chance at the bull now what's that from i don't know um it just sounded right at the time he chuck i i don't want to pick on chuck norris because that's a fight i would lose but he's one of the biggest fucking users of this trope um it could TVs, just be movies yep doesn't matter um a lot of punchy kicky one at a time it's a it's a fun way to be to show like how badass your fighter is a fun way to do it would be the way tarantino did it with beatrix kiddo when she fights the crazy 88s and she fights them all at once. I need to watch part two. I watched part one a couple of weeks ago. Because it's not it's not punchy um, kicky, but it's some punchy yeah. kicky. But I love how when they, it's just they when she grabs the eye when she pulls it out, yeah. it goes to black and white because it's. But yeah, that's a good way. Because there's that scene when she's the, surrounded by all yeah. of them and she swings the sword and they all like fan back. Yeah, that's. And it's it's that's kind of a one at a time fight, but the, she's trying to fight them all because there's more than one coming at her at a time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good use of the. Well, it's you don't see it as much in really more good like legit time, but. martial arts films where they coordinate. Yeah, and if it's a multiple enemies against one hero type of fight, Bruce Lee was amazing at yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's fight them, but one at a time. <laughs> what do you think Chuck Norris's plus is to hit? In his action genes? Yeah. With the gusset in his action genes. <laughs> the crotch gusset? The hidden gusset? Uh, they won't bind your legs. What's his plus? Is he wearing the boots? Well, sure. Five. He's plus five. All right. I think so. Okay. <laughs> this was a fun one. I don't know that there's I don't know if there's enough meat on it to do it another time, but No. If we think it man, who knows? I know we do some more tropes. I know. Could yeah, it'll take you three weeks to write it and me three minutes. <sighs> it took minutes. me a couple of days, man. I, I usually like try to sit down and not bang out a list, but I try to like, yeah, focus. And I, just, I just, I'd never written one so fucking fast. <laughs> it was crazy. Usually, I take forever, and you're like, "I'm done with these three. You're like, "I'm still working on one." <laughs> so it felt good that that the tables had turned on this one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've got some fun, interesting ones, uh, pick six style coming up down the pipe, gang. Down the pipe, down the pipes. Down the down the tubes. Yeah, um, looking forward to them. 
Uh, definitely got some. Uh, the next group will probably be less uh, movie based. We're going to try to do some some TV ones and some music ones. Music stuff. The next one after we've got uh, next episode that we're going to do is uh, one of one of my favorites. It was another one that was instantly I was like, this is going to be a fun one. And I, as soon as we talked about doing it, I was like, yeah, that one. I, I had a movie in mind, and then I sat down to write it, and I was like, five more. Uh, I'm gonna get a beer. Having a hard time thinking <laughs> of five more. Uh, and then the one I have after that is uh, the first one I have after that is uh, is a music based one. But we got we got some fun, weird side quest style pick sixes. Pick sixes coming up, and some weird movie themed pick sixes coming up. We've got our um, uh, main pairing episodes. Not actually call them main anymore, but we've got our uh, double feature. Your double episode. actual double features. Yeah, we've got we've got some of those uh, in the can, ready to go, and uh, we've got some. We got a couple of guest, uh, couple of guest shots coming up. Pick sixes. Yep, I need to uh, get working on those. I'd like to augment maybe how we do when we have a guest in, uh-huh. instead of everybody doing six. So there's 18 movies to talk about. Three. Why don't we do two each? I say if we all do four, it's a 12 pack. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. Pick six times two minus. <laughs> Three, I don't know. I would, you know what? It's a twelve pack episode today, kids. Anyway. That means it's a guest episode. Yep, that's yeah, not bad. That's, that's I kind of like that. I, I kind of like that. We'll have to remember that once this airs. <laughs> Go, let's write it down. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, coming up next, we've got uh, Banachek, and then uh, after that is Little House on the Prairie. No. Um. This we're closing out this group of ten with Sunday afternoon movies or Sunday Sunday matinees. Yeah. yeah. Um, those are exactly the way they sound. And it's like we said last time with Saturday night movies. If you watch it on Sunday afternoon, it's a Sunday afternoon movie. So yeah, it doesn't matter. You play your rules by your rules. We will be back for that. We will see you then. We hope in the meantime, you hop on uh, social media and the socials anywhere you, uh, I just had a flashback cause you said that in an episode that I recently aired and I was like, did, what did I say that or think it, um, <laughs> like us, follow us, rate us, review us, tell a friend, tell an enemy, buy a sticker over at sixpackdoublefeature.com. The new ones are in with the yellow glitter. Thanks to at Lily Bruin for designing that up for us. And uh, thanks to Rock and Monkey for printing those up. Those are fun. I like them. Got one of my new water bottle. I got like an 84-ounce thermos. So I put 12, at least 12 of them on there. <laughs> All the same. That's a 12-pack. <laughs> uh, until next time, gang. Pick 6 is a Clopac Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t-shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it.